I'm Rob. I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast for what might be the longest episode we ever record. Yeah, I think that there's simply so much to say about this film that I'm really thinking two two episodes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Minute by minute recreation. <laughs> that actually might be more entertaining than this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this movie... We we it's are week three of, of mystery the, pack month. I'm I'm kind of let down by this month, Nate. Indeed, by this mystery pack. We we didn't we have not had a. Uh, 1941's the best one so far. Yeah, there's been no no standouts. The Wild Bunch, yeah, or Minority Report, in this or pack. Uh, Junebug, or yeah. Ladies in Lavender. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm kind of let down by this one. We, today we watched the 2005, excuse me, 2007 release, Balls of Fury, starring Dan Fogle, Christopher Walken, George Lopez, Maggie Q, James Hong, Terry Crews, and a few other... Robert Patrick, Aisha Tyler, and brief appearances by the likes of Patton Oswalt. Yes, yes. I don't know, Nate. What did you think of this movie? Well, was this your first time this seeing it? This is the first time I've seen it. This movie, um, we were discussing beforehand, I think was attempting to capitalize off the success of Dodgeball, an underdog story that came out in 2004, There's a, a, which I have not seen, but but I know, sight unseen, that's a better movie than this movie is. Yeah. You know, you watch movies like this and you wonder, who greenlights some of this crap? Well, you know, obviously they were attempting to make a star out of Fogel that didn't work out. Well, they were giving him his chance. I mean, the movie he's probably the part that he's probably his most successful part is he is in the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find the movie, and he plays the fat muggle that you know the pretty girl yeah. falls in love with. But yeah, and yeah. I like him in that. Yeah. But he's given me very little to go off of in this movie. Yeah. Christopher Walken is wasted. Mm. George Lopez kind of seems up his alley. Yeah. It's like, I can't quite say George Lopez is wasted because this is about George Lopez's level. Yeah. Maggie Q, I mean, this was earlier in her career. Though she already was kind of uh, established the year before she appeared in Mission Impossible 3. And this same year, 2007, she was in Live, Live Free and Die. Die Hard. Yeah. Which is much better movie, even though it's like the fourth best Die Hard movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, quick plot overview of this movie. A former ping pong phenom, you know, down on his luck, who literally is doing matinee shows at a casino in Reno, Nevada, mm-hmm. after having lost a tournament at the Olympics. In 1988. And that resulted in his father being murdered. And his he's recruited... Had bedded. Yeah, heavily it, on his winning. Yeah. And he is recruited by a single FBI agent of dubious caliber, George Lopez, to come back into ping pong and get in the tournament to track down Feng, who is the leader of this organized crime group who's also a ping pong fanatic. Yeah. And uh, host tournaments, ping pong tournaments. Yeah, anyways, that's pretty much all you really need to yeah. know about this movie. And the ping it's pong, probably more than you need to know yeah, about this movie. Yeah, the ping pong tournament is uh, one of a couple f- references in this film to other better films. And I'm actually going to say the sentence, Bloodsport is a better movie than Balls of Fury. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very much modeled after Bloodsport, the way the, the sets look and, and certain aspects of, of the tournament. 
that our lead character goes undercover in. Yeah. And then another thing I was going to reference, one of the few not completely spelled out for the audience gags, possibly the only one, is a little quirk in the casting. So There is another one that I think you've missed that I'll, okay. I'll touch on. Well, Christopher Walken's the bad guy, and Christopher Walken is assisted by a leggy black model played by Aisha Taylor, and this is a joke off of uh, Grace Jones as Christopher Walken's assistant in the 1985 James Bond film, A View to a Kill. Yeah. This also kind of is a, there's a bit of a reference to a Bruce Lee movie. It's mentioned in the movie that it's forbidden for Wong to teach ping pong to a guai lo. And this is most likely a reference to Dragon, the Bruce Lee story starring Jason Scott Lee. Bruce was forbidden by the elders to teach martial arts to anyone other than Asians. And Jason Lee also appears in Balls of Fury as Sui Fu. So the, the Guai Lo likely comes from that Bruce Lee one. I think my favorite part of this movie was the surprisingly sincere score. Yeah. Like, it's composed like it's some kind of a, a straight blood sport type movie. And it was just so kind of unexpected and weird choice. It's one of the few highlights in a film that really doesn't have highlights. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, this was written by Thomas Lennon, who also is in the movie and plays yeah, Thomas Lennon. I'm not Carl Wolfstag, who is the guy who defeats him in the 1980 Olympics. But Thomas Lennon also wrote was a writer on the 2006 movie Night at the Museum. But it seems like he's primarily known for work on Reno 911. Yeah, that's what I know him. And also the director, Robert Ben Garrett, is also primarily known for Reno 911. Mm. I can see it. Yeah. I can certainly see it as well. And that's probably 911. Reno 911 is probably a higher caliber movie than this, or mm. show than this is. Yeah, a friend of mine got engaged. I guess this would have been about 2006, 2007. And we went and we saw Reno, one, Reno 911 in Miami, the movie. Uh-huh like to celebrate his engagement and it's just such a bizarre distinct memory it's like it's just so random <laughs> yeah that is a little random well i don't know do you have much else to say you about know this? there's there's some gags in in the film there's a gag where he he's, he goes to visit his dad fogler goes to visit his father's grave and he's talking to the the, the headstone that says which says his dad's name and it's like 38 through 88 it's like i'm really sorry about everything that happened dad I'm sorry that I skimped on the money by only uh, abbreviating your the years <laughs> the years of your date in the there were like a hundred bucks a number yeah there's a hundred bucks a number apostrophes were free <laughs> uh, that made me giggle a little bit when he goes to the first tournament and it's also a pancake breakfast and he's like oh I love this smell so oh smell of action could be back on the, on the circuit no oh, pancakes yeah so there was the occasional dumb joke that was mildly amusing but that's as good as it got yep this this is this is a bad bad movie yep it's not unwatchable it wasn't no. particularly painful but it was it was really dull yeah. and there just wasn't a, i don't think there was a a laugh out a more than one chuckle joke in the entire thing yeah well do you know much about how this did financially oh i'm looking forward to hearing how bad it did it had a a I was looking for its budget. I'm not seeing a budget on it. 
It had an opening weekend, believe it or not, of over $11 million domestically. Yeah, it um, should be. You could do much worse. Its domestic gross was $32 million, and its worldwide gross was $41 million. We have watched significantly better movies that brought in less money. Didn't Bad Lieutenant Port of Call of New Orleans do very similar numbers to this? I think it was less lower numbers than that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is ten times this movie. Yeah. By the way, recently I found the other Bad Lieutenant. I, it's on, in my queue now to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to remember where I found it. Oh, it's on HBO. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll be watching that. Yeah, how would you rate this movie, Nate? Oh, I... I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it one star. I thought about giving it one and a half stars. I'm gonna give it one star. And I think I'm gonna give it a three on the ten star scale. We actually are dead even on this one. One mm. star and three stars for me. Interestingly enough, its aggregate score on IMDb is five point three stars. People are being extremely generous to this Indeed. movie. Yeah. So, anything else to add on this one? I can't come up with a good ping pong joke. Ping pong no. joke. Ping pong joke to wrap this thing up. Yep. Well, I'm Rob. I'm Nate. And this is Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. And I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. <laughs> this is Rob and Nate. The this... only thing I can say for this movie is it was better executed than a Trump presidency. Boop, boom. Just in case I want to edit. <laughs> this is uh, January the 19th, yes. 2021. So we've got uh, another disaster on our mind. Yeah. That's probably about as good of an outtake as we're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to talk briefly about a movie that I watched this weekend. Uh-huh. A movie called The Benny Goodman Story. Okay. You know Benny Goodman. Ish. Big band musician. Yeah. So you've got your Glenn Millers, you got your Benny Goodmans, you got your Artie Shaws. It's one of the names of that kind of uh, music. Yeah. He was, he was a pioneer in it. And I was particularly into swing music in the 1990s. And... Glenn Ben Goodman was probably my second or third favorite. I was Glenn Miller and then probably Artie Shaw and then probably Benny Goodman. Benny Goodman. So I'd wanted casually to see this movie for quite a while. It's a biopic that came out in 1956 because I liked Benny Goodman and I liked Steve Allen who plays Benny Goodman in the film. He's a very interesting man, Steve Allen, very multi-talented. He was host of The Tonight Show at the time he filmed this movie. So he would have had to have taken several months off at least yeah. to shoot the thing. And then his love interest is played by Donna Reed, who was in her mid-30s when she started this film. And one thing that occurred to me watching it was, I don't know if I'd ever really seen her in color in a film. Hmm. It's like you're just so associated with black and white on the Donna Reed show or in It's a Wonderful Life or From Here to Eternity. She photographs great in color. So that, that was kind of pleasant. Yeah. Now, musical biopics, I guess, are a little bit of a guilty pleasure because they're all the same. There's a very uh, specific arc that these movies go, which is uh, I'm a genius ahead of my time and I'm struggling. And then eventually they make a big success uh, of their life. And in films made after the late 60s or so, there would usually be the additional complication of drug abuse and infidelity. Now, that didn't happen with everybody. I don't think that happened with Benny Goodman. He was married the one time, and he raised five five daughters yeah. with his wife. But these films, back from the era in which the production code was in force, they had to kind of sand the edges. So they had to eliminate a lot of the conflict that would be interesting. 
the best example of this is, I believe, 1946 film called Night and Day, which is a biopic about Cole Porter. Now, Cole Porter was gay, but you can't have Cole Porter being gay in 1946 on the big screen. So his strained marriage was not because he was out having sex with men. It was because he was a workaholic. And that's why he was neglecting his wife, because it has to be something. Yeah. So this movie had something similar here that caused me, as I mentioned uh, in text when I was watching it, to speak and yell at the screen. Because they couldn't say things they should just freaking say. So in real life, Benny Goodman's wife was married once before him to a British politician. They got divorced, and he raised the three daughters uh, she'd had with her first husband as well as the two daughters they had together. But that's too complicated. It's like you got kids that you're bringing in here, and then you got a first marriage. We don't like that. So that didn't happen. So he meets her. She is the sister of a promoter who's who's trying to get his band out there. And they fall in love, and Benny Goodman is Jewish, which they never say in the film once. His parents are doing stereotypical Jewish accents, and they're from Chicago. With Benny Goodman, like, how could you not call it? Indeed. So they never say that, and she's from this wealthy, waspy family, and they're all concerned about will their families approve? And, and it's like, well, will, 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 uh, will your family, uh, why does your uh, family not, not approve? It's like, well, because, because we're Jewish or you know, because, because you're a waspy. Yeah. And I just kept like, just, why doesn't your brother like me? Because you're a shikska. Because you're a Gentile girl. That's why he doesn't want you to marry him. Yeah. And then there's a sequence in which this, uh, this black musician goes to visit Benny Goodman and Benny Goodman was a big fan of, you know, jazz music and he took it as did Glenn Miller and others. And he changed it up enough that it could be acceptable widely to white audiences at the time. And so this, this black musician comes to visit him after one of his shows says, I just heard you on the radio and I was overjoyed to hear your music. I'm glad you made it. You know, we never made it because you're black. But I don't know, you have something we didn't have and you made it because he's white. Yeah. And uh, I did that throughout the movie, yelling to no effect at these characters for embodying a time long predating me and they can't talk back. But I still feel felt obligated to yell at this movie. Yeah. I'm entertained by the fact that you're still getting riled up about it. I'm still getting riled up about it. Just say it. Yeah. Those will make fun edits. (laughs) <laughs> yeah anyways i think i texted back and said that the most entertaining part of that me was uh, for me was the mental picture of the shaggy nate who hasn't had a haircut or shave since march yelling at his tv screen <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i kind of wish that i had my windows open so that <laughs> yeah <laughs> what the hell is that guy going on about yeah all right well anything else for this recording